Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Down the block, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle has won. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. I just thought it was worth giving a podcast on its own to the great Daly Cherry Evans this weekend, who will play game 300. Um, and you know, I think it's becoming more and more common for guys to play uh, the 300 games, and I think that because of that, potentially we, we underappreciate it a little bit, but I, I just think that... It is such an unbelievable achievement. To get to 300 NRL games is just incredible. And you know what? There's been 47 guys that have done it. Uh, DCE will be the 48th. And I think that we are, you know, starting to see it become a little bit more and more common nowadays. Like I would say that, you know, the amount of guys that played 300 games in the last 10 years would be heaps more than the 10 years before that. And I personally think the next 10 years after this, there will be more than those two already. So I think it will continue to grow, but I think we just need to appreciate the achievement that it is. To play 300 games is unbelievable. So if you think about to play 300 games, that means you had to play at least 15 years, yeah? Um, You know, potentially 13 if you played every single fucking game, which is near impossible. You need to remind yourself that these guys are essentially having a handful of car accidents a year playing uh, in the NRL. You could argue they're having a car accident every weekend, especially some of these forwards and whatnot. I know DCE's uh, a halfback, but what he has put his body through to get to 300 is simply incredible. And that's 300 NRL games. You think about the amount of origins, the amount of rep games that this guy has played, uh, you know, the amount of junior games that he played as well, like coming into first grade as well. It is unbelievable, DCE. And, you know, just thinking off the top of my head, I don't think he has ever been dropped from first grade. I could be completely wrong on that. But I don't remember a time where DC has ever played reserve grade at any point. And, you know, there, there, there's been low moments in his career. Obviously, the saga with the Gold Coast Titans and whatnot, which I know a lot of people that don't like DCE like to bring up uh, as much as they possibly can. But, you know, I just think his career has been incredible. It has it has been such a joy to watch. And the way that he has progressed throughout his career, just to take you back to the start of DCE's career. Now, just keep in mind that when he made his debut, um, 
you know, it was 2011 he made his debut in round one. They lost that first game. Um, he, he goes on to play, I believe, every single game of 2011. So he plays all 27 games, which is pretty incredible. Um, and, of course, it finishes with him not only winning a grand final, but scoring a try in that grand final. His manly side went undefeated in the finals that year. The other thing you need to keep in mind is that, you know, you, you see young halfbacks come into rugby league that do really well, and most of the time they've got an experienced head next to them, a guy that has played a heap of first grade, a guy that has seen it all before, and they're able to come in and just sort of find their way. Um, his 5'8 was Kieran Foran. Now, at the start of the 2011 season, Kieran Foran had played a grand total of 31 games of first grade, and he'd been through two seasons. And some of that he'd spent at centre, some of that he'd spent coming off the bench. Um, he'd played, I think, one game of finals footy. Kieran Foran before that, I think he played very early in, in the 2009 season. Uh, he might have played... Actually, no, sorry, he played the last game of 2008 as well, where they... Oh, sorry, 2010, where they lost the uh, where they lost the quarterfinal there. So it's not like he was coming in with an experienced ball player next to him either. Yeah, he was making his debut with a young guy next to him as well who had played 31 games of first grade. Um, and, you know, not only did he do well, they won the fucking competition that year. And, and I know that in that team, they had very good players. And I know that, you know, when you look back at halfbacks that own teams, you probably don't look back at the Seagulls and go, oh my God, DCE was the guy in that team. But you need to remember... He was in game 27 of his career on grand final day. He still managed to score a try in that game. He played very well. Obviously, they had Jamie Lyon, who was like having a second ball player at centre. They also had Glenn Stewart, who was like having a second ball player in the lock forward position. But pretty fucking incredible stuff to come in and do that in his first season. So that was 2011. He wins Dallium Rookie of the Year. He wins the Premiership. He scores a try in the grand final. He's the RLPA Rookie of the Year. Uh, He's the... Uh, Rugby League International Federation halfback of the year as well in 2011. He doesn't win Dallium halfback that year, but he takes home rookie of the year. Um, Pretty incredible stuff. Now, that's 2011. That's his first season of first grade. Um, He's back to grand final day within another two seasons. 2013, he guides the Seagulls back to grand final day and didn't win that day. He got done by the Roosters and, you know, a number of controversial calls in that game that went against the Seagulls that really hurt them throughout that game. But you need to keep in mind as well, he's one of the very few guys in the history of rugby league to win a Clive Churchill from a losing side in 2013. A lot of controversy around that grand final and that Clive Churchill. But here's DCE, three years into being a first-grade halfback. So before he played his 100th game of first grade, uh, he had a premiership. He'd scored a try in a grand final. He was a rookie of the year, and he'd been to two grand finals. One premiership, two grand finals, and a Clive Churchill medal. And I always remember thinking when he won it in 2013, thinking, fuck, DCE must have been 26, 27, 28 by that point. He was still just a kid. That was 10 years ago he won that Clive Churchill medal. Just pinch yourself and think about that. 10 years ago, DCE played in his second grand final and won the Clive Churchill medal in a losing side as a halfback. Pretty fucking incredible. His career has been amazing. And as I said, there has been down points. Obviously, had the period at the Gold Coast Titans. He's obviously been at a club that has invested a lot of money into being very top-heavy. He's had his controversies. We all know uh, Anthony Watmo obviously came out and had a real crack at him. I think they've broken bread since, and they're all good now. But he came in during a period where... You know, the Manly Seagulls should have fallen into a fucking heap. They really should have. When all those guys retired from Jamie Lyon, Glenn Stewart, Anthony Watmo, all these sort of legends, that, 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 that club should have really struggled. And look, have they been at the top of their game the entire time? No, they haven't. But I think DCE has been very consistent. I think he's been a fantastic leader for a long time, and he always paints this picture, which I know a lot of people don't like about him, 
that he is this politician, that he is just straight down the line and he's not really one of the boys. Uh, but from my, from all the stories I have heard from people within circles in DCE, it's the complete opposite. He is one of the boys. He loves having a rip and a tear. He loves getting stuck into it. But he just plays this perfect role for Manly where he is just the perfect face for your club. He never really gets himself into controversy. Uh, he always keeps a level head on the field and he just does his job week in, week out. And to get to 300 games of doing that... Fucking incredible. Look, has he had, you know, problems in defense and everything? Yes, 100%. I've been speaking about it for years. But, geez, with the ball in hand and as far as leadership qualities, it doesn't get much better than DCE. And when I have a look through his career and you look at the early days and how much he achieved at the very start of his career, it is pretty wild how it has all played out. You think Rookie of the Year, 2011. Uh, Premiership winner, 2011. Clive Churchill, 2013. He's only won Dallium Halfback of the Year in one season. That was 2014. So that was almost nine years ago. But... You know, you have all those amazing achievements. And obviously a premiership and, a, you know, you score a try in a grand final, that's very hard to top. You win a Clive Churchill medal, that's really hard to top. But I'll tell you what, the, when I think of DCE, it's wild that I it, – it, like in, in 15 years' time when someone asked me about DCE, I am not even going to talk about when he got rookie of the year. I'm not even going to talk about when he won the premiership. I'm not even going to talk about when he won the Clive Churchill medal because it's in the biggest arena of all time, the biggest arena our game has to offer, State of Origin, where DCE has by far and away done his best work. I, I, I got to say, like that's what I will remember the year, the career of DCE for. I think that you know, as I said, he's achieved so much in the early parts of his career. But for me, in twenty years' time, as I said, when I'm looking back at DCE, I think I will remember him as the halfback that guided Queensland out of uh, the most successful era of rugby league football ever in State of Origin and transitioned them into a new generation that I don't think it'll be as successful, but my God, um, he is, you know, the oldest guy in that team. He's the halfback and he's built this incredible squad and he's built this incredible culture that he's carried on from the guys that were before him. And it felt like when those guys before him were in it, he was on the outside. He wasn't overly wanted there. That, that was the vibe that we got. But he's come into that side. He's been the captain for a number of years now. He's been incredibly successful. He's captained the 2020 Origin Series, which in my opinion, uh, I think it is the greatest Origin Series victory of all time. I know that 1995 with Paul Vaughton was incredible, but I personally think um, the 2020 Origin Series trumps it. He was the captain of that side. And, you know, he's gone on to back it up since. They've now won two Origin Series in a row. Uh, it's wild to think that when you consider that, like when Cam Smith... When Billy Slater, when Thurston, Cooper Cronk, when all these absolute legends uh, left the Maroon jersey, you know, New South Wales, they were on the brink of something really special. They had, you know, all these Penrith boys coming through, Nathan Cleary, Latrell, Turbo, all this talent. Uh, you know, they win 18-19, and it looks like the Blues are just on a mission to do something very special. And hopefully, like at that point, we were, a lot of people were sitting there. I, I was always hesitant because I know how Origin works. But there was a lot of people that were going, geez, could this New South Wales Blues side, you know, it's probably outrageous to say they could win eight in a row, but could they try and push that sort of a record? And, you know, DCE, I think he has been, you know, I, I think people will probably look at that origin side right now, the Maroons, and think about the last few years and go, you know what, the main guy, it was Cameron Munster. And, and I agree with you. I think 2020 was incredible and everything. But I think that, you know, the guy that has the most control over that side, I think the main voice as well, has been DCE by far and away. And I think that I think that if he wasn't around for Queensland, I think it would have been a very different story. And that, that they've set themselves up well. Uh, they've obviously got Benny Hunt, who after DCE, they could play him at halfback for a year or two. But they've got Tommy Dearden, who's come in and done an incredible job. But DCE, I, I genuinely thought probably two years ago, okay, 
a Tommy Dearden, a Sam Walker, a Ben Hunt, one of these guys will eventually come in and replace him. They will, they will have to be a tough conversation at some point. And when he was made captain of the Queensland side, I sort of went, Jesus, I don't know about that. You're setting yourself up for a disaster because you're eventually going to have to tap him on the shoulder and say, hey, buddy, uh, it's time for you to move on. We need someone else to come in. And it's never a good look to be tapping your you know, state of origin captain on the shoulder. Uh, but DCE has given no reason whatsoever to ever receive that tap. And if anything, I believe he has done the complete opposite. He has forced the hands of Billy Slater and the Queensland Maroons to pick him time and time again, despite having young talent and despite a fear that they probably need to start looking to the future. No. Queensland have just gone, you know what? If we have DC at halfback, we know we can win. Do the Blues have a better halfback? On paper, they probably do. Do the Blues have a better halfback that's not playing? Probably do. They've probably got two or three. But our guy, he understands rugby league. He's at the age where he has seen it all. It is all he's, It's all happened to him before. There's nothing you can throw at DCE that he hasn't seen before. And I think with experience comes an understanding of moments. And I, uh, I've, I've always sort of thought this, but I think talking to Jamie Sauer the other day really reinstated that. And, you know, when you talk halfbacks with people nowadays, the first guys that comes up are your Clearies. It's your Mitch Moses. It's these guys, these exciting talents that are in our game. But, I mean, at the end of the day, the guys that are making the big decisions, the guys that are pulling the strings on the big stages in rugby league, obviously Nathan Cleary's one of them. But, I mean, Sean Johnson this year, an older guy. Chad Townsend, what he did with the Cowboys last year, what he's doing with them right now. You get to the Origin Arena, it should be Nathan Cleary. It should be Mitch Moses. It should be all these young superstars that have got all the ability in the world. But instead, it comes down to the experience of DCA and just the understanding of when to kick. And I think it has been something that has been so important in DCE's game. Is he the best kicker in rugby league? Honestly, I wouldn't put him in the top five. But as far as the best kickers in rugby league and like understanding the moment when to kick and the right kick for that moment, DCE is second to none. And that is experience. He's always had a good kicking game. But throughout his career, he was never really spoken about as, you know, the Burton Bomb or Nathan Cleary's kicking game or Adam Reynolds or one of these guys. He's never really been in that category. But as he's got older and as he's got more experienced, he has just learned to understand the game inside out. And it is very hard to find someone that can rival his kicking game consistently, especially on big stages. As I said, Origin, you know, this year and last year, more more so last year in Game 3, he beat us single-handedly with his boot. It was incredible. And he probably had, you know, the third best kicking game on the field. But it came down to when he kicked and how he kicked. And why he kicked. I think that was a big thing that I the the that my education grew with Jamie Sow the other day. It's the uh, obviously the who, when, why, uh, but it, it's the what and the why that really stood out to me. That Jamie Sow, it was something that he really understood early in his career, and it kept on developing. And you look back at the back end of his career. I said it to Sow the other day. Obviously, twenty ten, unbelievable kicking game. It, it essentially won them that fucking grand final. But then you fast forward a few years later when the Penrith fans have got this young squad and Jamie Sow's leading them around. His understanding of when to kick and why what sort of kick to pull off in key moments. It was the difference in so many games. You go back and watch that Penrith Panthers game where he kicks the field goal to beat the Sydney Roosters. But you have a look at a few of the kicks throughout general play. You go back to that grand final in 2014 and understanding, and Jamie Soward spoke about it, understanding that there was a moment after the second half where he just had to kick to a corner and make the ball sit, make BJ Leilua turn the ball around and come back, tie him out, and also force all their forwards to, to get down there and scrap out of their own end. And Jamie said that kick... Just after halftime in the 2010 grand final, that set them up for the rest of the half. They knew from that moment on they'd won the wrestle and the Roosters weren't going to be able to fight their way out of that corner. 
And that's what DC is so good at. You see him jump into dummy half nowadays and kick a ball. Sometimes he'll nail a 40-20, but if not, he'll get you on the back foot. And I think in origin, it was just so evident. He obviously addressed... This game, I'm going to kick early. We're going to win the momentum battle. We're going to win the field position. And we're going to keep the New South Wales Blues coming out of their own end. And we will get errors off the back of it. And my God, DCE could have written a script for it that night and how he went about it. You cannot buy experience. You cannot coach experience. You can't teach it. You just have to gain it through reps and reps and reps. And you know what else you have to gain it through? Failures and failures and failures. And DCE, he has failed more than he succeeded. But that is the trademark of a champion because DCE, he learnt very early on in his career. Yes, he's a talented guy and all that, but he's never going to have the upside of your, your Nathan Cleary's, your Mitch Moses, these sort of guys. But what he can do is the one percenters right just about every time. And it's what has really highlighted the back end of his career. And I think sometimes at Clubland, you know, he's got a fullback that is always injured. He's got a hooker that was a halfback a couple of years ago. You know, I think if you got people to rank the 17 hookers in rugby league, I don't think Lockie Croker would get into the top 10. He's got Jake Trevojevich at 13, who's a fantastic get there. He's 5'8". There's been a lot of guys come and go realistically over the years. Uh, Foz has obviously been his best partner, but he's now, you know, come and gone twice. And DC has just made it work with so many people. So many different people in that six jersey. So many different coaches, etc. See, I think with DCA, you got to remember, like he's been through so many coaches at Manly. He's always kept them reasonably relevant. There's been bad years, no doubt about it, and maybe there hasn't been the years where they are serious premiership contenders. Maybe out of 2021, but I still don't think they were that year. But I just think we need to appreciate what DCE has done in his career. And especially the start was unbelievable. And you would have tipped him for unbelievably big things. But I think when you watch DCE at that age and you watch how his career played out, I don't. I think by year seven or eight, when he wasn't really in the Queensland side or he was maybe the 14, it looked like he didn't quite fit into that side. I don't think anyone would have anticipated that DCE would sort of, well, for me anyway, be remembered as the guy that guided Queensland. Uh, out of their greatest era, their, their greatest time. And obviously, when you have your greatest time, there has to be a fall down after that. And I don't think Queensland have had anywhere near the fall down we expected simply because they've had a halfback like DCE. And you know what? C- Cameron Munster is the guy that a lot of people too is the guy that's, you know, guided Queensland out of it. And that's completely fair enough. Cameron Munster's a superstar and absolute gun. He's done some incredible things. But what allows Cameron Munster to be that guy? It's the fact that he's got the steady hand in DCE. He's got the hand that can just guide them around the park, do the simple shit, kick to the right spots, win field position, and just show that leadership and just allow Cam Munster to be Cam Munster. I think he's been the perfect foil for money. I really do. And I don't think Cam Munster would have a lot of those origin moments we talk about if it wasn't for DCE and if it wasn't for DCE being in that side. For me, he's achieved a lot at Clubland. He's a premiership winner. He's a Clive Churchill Mitter winner. He's a Dally M halfback of the year. He's a, he's a Dally M rookie of the year. He's done just about everything you possibly could, DC. And even up until last year, I mean, I, I was pushing heavily for Nathan Cleary to be the halfback, but fuck, it was very hard to argue with the people that was going, no, hold on, DC's got the runs on the boards. And in the Origin Arena on the big stages, DC's delivering, Nath isn't. And it's very hard to push back on that because you're exactly right. But it's just hard to look past that extreme talent that Nath has got and you know where his career can end up. I think DC has squeezed every little bit of juice out of his career and he still is to this day and he's still being very, very successful and having cracking games. He plays the St. George Illawarra Dragons this weekend. I'm expecting a big game from DC. I think he really stands and delivers in this one. A champion of our game. He's always been a good role, role model. He obviously had that slip up with the Gold Coast Tides and how all that played out. The optics weren't fantastic there. But as a man... As a clubman and everything like that, I think DC has been tremendous throughout his career, and I will always remember him as a Queensland origin hero. I really will. 
Because I think sometimes we look at certain years and we value years over other ones. But for Queensland to not only be relevant during this period after losing arguably five immortals in three or four years, uh, for DCE to step in and be that guy and have, let's be honest here, you know, half, if not less, of the talent than all those guys and come in and just understand rugby league, understand football, come in with, you know, new fullbacks, uh, new hookers. It, it has all just changed completely. And the structure of that Queensland team had to change completely. Uh, you look, what what is it? He's had four different um, Maroons coaches in six years, and he's just made it work. Queensland have, have been successful. They, they've had periods where they've lost, but so they should have lost. They didn't have the troops that New South Wales had. But what he's done in, in that period of time, you think about DC as the halfback, he's won three of the last Origin Series, which is simply incredible. Uh, a real legend of our game. I, I've, I, he was a guy in the early parts of his career before I was doing Guru and everything. I wasn't a huge fan of DC, and I didn't really understand entirely what he brought. But as he's got older, and the more I've been able to watch him, and the more I've been able to watch him in big games, he is a proper premier halfback. And it is scary what happens to halfbacks. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. That understand the game once they get to 29, 30, even 31, 32. DC is 34. So to think about what he's achieved, like his best football, in my opinion, people would argue it's the start of his career. I think it's been the back of his career with the Queensland Maroons. That's the football that I was always remembered DCA for. And no matter what happens at Clubland, if he doesn't win another premiership, if he doesn't achieve anything else at Clubland, I will always remember DCA as the halfback that went into the Origin Arena when his state needed him the most after all of the absolute legends, some of the greatest players of all time, had walked out of the Origin Arena and he put that team on his back and said, I'm going to lead this side. Imagine going into that 2020, being DC after all those legends. All Queensland expects is success. All that is expected with Queensland is you win, and that's the end of the story. DC comes in missing so many guys. He is down to – there's guys playing in that team that you weren't confident would be in It would be in first grade every single week during the NRL season. DC just takes it upon himself and finds a way to get it done. And from that day forward, he set up was to come, what was to come over the next few years where they've won – three of the last four Origin Series, and they've won two in a row. And he's going to be 35 years old next year, and I personally think he will still be one of the first-picked players for the Maroons in 2024. Incredible stuff from DCE. Congratulations on 300 games. An incredible player, and one that I feel very, very lucky to have watched how he's developed over the years. And a classic example for halfbacks out there that aren't the most talented, aren't the quickest, aren't the strongest if you've got it between your ears, it can take you so far, and it certainly has with Cherry Evans. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.